Last night, I dreamt that I awoke to the golden, early morning sun glistening across a field of frosted grass. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. I don't know about you, but this summer went by faster than any summer I can remember. I'm sure it must have something to do with being overcommitted with work and building a house at the same time while living in a little camper without plumbing, but still. Even when a chaotic schedule has me losing track of the date, I can't ignore the phonology signs around me. When trilliums and lady slippers are blooming, I know I have the whole summer before me. When hermit thrushes become the only remaining bird song I hear, I know summer is about halfway over. And when blueberries are abundant and goldenrod paints unmown fields yellow, I experience a mild panic with the realization that summer is essentially over and I might as well give up on any hopes of completing that long list of lofty summer goals. That is until, on a desperate stroll along the ocean with goals of absorbing the last of the hot sun while I can, I notice a perky new flower spike that reminds me that warm days are not entirely behind us. Seaside goldenrod. New flowers blooming in late summer always give me a sense of hope, because if little plants are willing to put the energy into a flower that then requires pollination to then facilitate the development of a fruit and later seeds, they must know that there is more time left in the season than I might realize. Seaside goldenrod blooms from late summer to early fall. You will find it along the ocean shore and even along roadsides that are salted heavily in the winter to prevent icing. Look for a dense spike of small, bright yellow flowers that grow looser and more branching as they descend this knee-high plant. The leaves of seaside goldenrod, like other seaside plants such as sea lavender, are notably fleshy and waxy. This adaptation helps the plant resist the harsh impacts of salt water and contributes to it being resistant to deer. Seaside goldenrod is closely related to the other goldenrods you are likely more familiar with, as they are in the same genus, Solidago, which comes from the Latin meaning to make whole due to their healing properties. Seaside goldenrod is Solidago sempervirens, meaning evergreen, as those waxy leaves do tend to stay green throughout the winter. There are at least 18 Solidago species in Maine, and they have historically been used to combat maladies like hay fever and urinary tract infections due to their antihistamine and anti-inflammatory properties. Goldenrods are often falsely accused of causing the late-season allergies you may be experiencing now, but it's actually unlikely that they're the primary cause. Because goldenrod is insect-pollinated, its pollen is quite sticky so that it is more likely to stick to adventurous or probing insects and not take to the wind readily. Ragweed, on the other hand, which also blooms right now when goldenrod does, is wind-pollinated, so its pollen is specifically adapted to fly around through the air, much more likely to fly up your nose. Seaside goldenrod is particularly beneficial to a variety of native bees and birds. This is a critical time of year for such a resource, as birds and insects are looking for those last morsels of energy-rich food before having to migrate, hunker down, or seek harder to find food sources as winter approaches. In the case of the bees, these flowers, along with other solidagos and asters, provide a final bounty of nectar to allow them to put up a late-season batch of honey to get them through the long winter. So if you're needing a dash of hope and a reminder that warm days are not entirely behind us, 
take a stroll along the seashore to seek the bright yellow flower clusters of our native seaside goldenrod. Anything that can stand up so beautifully to the power of the sea, decreasing daylight hours, and the insatiable hunger of deer while offering so much to its neighbors has plenty to teach us about hope and resilience. You can download this episode and find a link to our blog with the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 